Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up? Welcome in. Happy Monday, CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO. When you sign up to get two risk-free, risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars, what's up? I'm back, guys. I'm back. Welcome back. I man. know you miss me. Uh, How was the owners? Me? How's the weather down there? It looked terrible. Yeah. It was fantastic. I'm like, really? <laughs> we're definitely stuck in second winter here in Chicago, and uh, it was not like that down there. It was perfect. Um, tell us a little bit more about that dinner. Yeah. What was that like? Um, so the NFL reception is it's a really Especially for those of us in the media, like, it's the only time the entire year that you're ever going to have, like, literally the only people that are owners, like, and then people who are, like, part ownerships, like, families, or, you know, mm. the McCaskies, there's, like, 700 people there. Um, not really. But owners, <laughs> GMs, coaches, and then, like, me. Right? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, I shouldn't be there. No, that, that, sh- that, that's the sure. feeling. Like, <laughs> Who's the easiest to relate to? Out of see when you're Ooh, there, like see so you sit yeah. down and talk the the coaches. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, you get a chance to rub some elbows. Yeah, and and, talk, and then you 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 see them around their families. I that's why I appreciate it because you actually get to see them in their like real element. You know, like when they're outside of the football building, which yeah. is you know you don't always get a lot of that. But um, yeah, like uh, and you see like John Mara just walking down the beach. At one point, the chi- the Giants owner, like it, it's just little stuff like that. That's why the owners' meetings are cool. Um, I like I like to be there every year. But um, in picture, of the reception is like uh, the best wedding you've ever been to. Mm. Like is the best way to explain it because they yeah. just go all out. There's like a 14 person live band. What kind of music? Oh, uh, they everything. Like they'll switch from like Lady Gaga to like dance floor? Frank Sinatra. They have a dance floor there. Uh, yeah, but no one was using it. No using it. Yeah. I picture the except for the, George. George was out there. <laughs> <laughs> I picture the Carolina wine mixer from like Step Brothers, like that kind yeah, of last yeah. like That's scene good, there. Okay. Yeah. What, no, uh, at one point I'm like walking to go get another drink or something, and there's just you know two people standing at like a cocktail table, and it's Bill Belichick and his wife. Well, it's like awesome. it's just like whoa. There so, you go. Uh, what, what's what's on the menu? Yeah. Okay, so food stations. Mm-hmm. They always yeah. do it that way. Uh, one was a sushi bar. Fantastic. Uh, by the way, all the food there was insane. Uh, one was like, uh, you know, pieces of steak. They kind of cut up into smaller medallions. Like tenderloin? Like yeah. a prime rib? Yeah, thing? but it's, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's probably, it was probably fillets that they just kind of cut up into smaller pieces. Okay. Um, 
It sounds like we got to get there. Next yeah, year. I, I think next year. Yeah. I think George would be happy if I showed up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he would have loved to have seen you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that sounds like fun, though, man. That's yeah. awesome because, like you're saying, like, no matter what your your job is, but, like, Bill Belichick is pretty cool to be around. Yeah. Like, see, uh, you know, if you love football, like, these guys are mm-hmm. they're legends of the game. Bill Belichick is maybe the best coach ever to coach football. I mean, I'd love to talk to him at a party like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I Trust me, I was still – too intimidated to just walk up to him <laughs> when he's in a conversation with his wife. But, um, yeah, I, it, it's it's a cool spot. And, you know, more importantly, I think for our viewers and listeners, the Bears said a lot last week. And mm-hmm. it was good to hear from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus for the first time since some of these moves have been made. So, um, yeah, I was happy to be there. I kind of want to start the show off today. Adam Hogue, Only Crutes, Nicholas Moriano here. Thank you, for everybody watching. By the way, one month since CHGO launched. How Nuts, cool is man. that? Yeah. It's already been a month. It's been great. It's, I mean, being here in the studio and seeing everyone who's just come and join the chat. And they tune into this every time at 11 a.m. Central Time, which is really cool to see. And, yeah, it's been been growing since that since that launch day. Yeah. I, it's like uh, surpassed, I don't know about you guys, but really surpassed my expectations of doing a live pod, being a part of the CHGO. And they talked about community and mm-hmm. Sometimes when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay. But there, it's true. It, it, it does feel like a community. Kevin and Jake here, they do a great job. Yeah, so, they do. Um, it's been a good podcast. Being on with you guys, learning from you guys has been awesome. I was bummed. Uh, we had a Blackhawks outing last night. Mm-hmm. I, was, I moved over the weekend, so I didn't. was definitely not able to attend. Did you go? I didn't. Actually, the Bears, none of the Bears beat were at the Blackhawks. None now of us that, were there. We blew I, it. Then I look back at the picture. So. Just like the reeds, I really, I really wasn't invited to this. <laughs> I was, it's fine, though. I was, Kevin kind of gave me a late invite. You know, and you're like, I heard about that birthday party you have. He's, like, oh, yeah, oh, he's looking over here. Kevin's looking over <laughs> here right and now. And then he came over with, like, the half invite. You know, the one that's like, I told so him. do you want to go? Like, <laughs> looking at me like, I hope you say no. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, we're one ticket short, but I probably should have asked you earlier. So uh, we'll <laughs> throw shade to I wonder if you had Just said yes, there. who would have gotten kicked out? That's kind of a fun game to yeah, play. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, well, uh, I also want to bring up the uh, amazing weekend of basketball. Or oh, Saturday goodness. night, I mean, North Carolina, Duke, Duke that's the man. story in sports right now. Mm-hmm. I uh, dug up. I would not have found this had I not moved over the weekend. It oh, was buried go. in some tub of jerseys I had. I don't think I've worn a jersey <laughs> in, like, probably seven, eight years. But I found this. I'm like, this is too good to not wear after North Carolina ended Coach K's career. Very timely. And, I mean, it still looks good on camera there. And we, we just can't figure out who it is. I thought or, it might, may have been Julius Peppers. But I'm, he wore 49. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the fence if Coach K, after losing twice in North Carolina, is going to really walk away. Oh, he's pulling a Tom Brady for sure. You think so? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't – I, just look at his, his face. All, my daughter's like, why does he look like that? And I said he always, always looks like that. But – um, like you're saying, man, ba- the, the girls' basketball game, uh, South Carolina and Connect- uh, UConn, that was a great basketball game. I mean, the basketball on Saturday and Sunday, and there's, there's another game today. I hope the North Carolina center is healthy because him, I don't know the names, but him in the Kansas center, that's a matchup that I want to watch. But that Duke-Carolina um, game, because the Villanova seemed a bit overmatched with the injuries they had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that duke Carol- I'm always amazed, guys. I don't know about you guys, but – the, the size of them and how athletic they it's are. It's nuts. Amazes me. Like the Kansas Center, 
I, mean, I just want to put him at left tackle, lock him down, lock <laughs> him in, and just leave him there, right? I mean, it's just – it's amazing to me. And then you're looking at one guy, and you're like, oh, that short guy is pretty good. And they're like, what a guy's 6'6", six, six. <laughs> right? So it's just cra- it's, it's crazy to me the way they run the floor, the way they jump, uh, how fast they are now. And it seems like anybody can pull the trigger from behind the arc. Oh, right? like, sure. any, like, like Everybody can shoot now. Everybody can shoot. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's fun, it's fun to watch. It, and fun, it's points bet. Took some of my money, which is fine. <laughs> but, but I try to do a parlay <laughs> and act like I was, uh, what do they call them, the smart guys? I should act like I was one of the smart guys. I lost money. I almost followed you, Olin. I'm glad I, yeah, I'm glad was, I well, did. Well, make sure you call first. Call. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's some bets I, 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 I'm sure of, and there, that was one of those. That was just that, what yeah. you That was one, there. so you put it on Twitter, and everybody can call you a dumbass. <laughs> uh, you know, like, That's why I never love I don't put my, butt, my so, bets I only put the ones ever. I win on Twitter. So I, I do it because I know people are dying to call me a dumbass, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to put this bad bet on Twitter, and I'm sure. And, you know, guys are like, are you, know, are you crying, Olin? And, you know, after you lose. Oh, so yeah. I enjoy it. I did put out one, like, mean – Spidey tweet after uh, North Carolina won that game. See, <laughs> you gotta like I don't have anything personal against Coach K, but I did grow up a North Carolina fan. Like when I was a kid, because a lot of kids in the '90s did, right? Um, and there was the Jordan connection, so I mm. like North Carolina. It was like the team I liked growing up. And then, you know, Duke just crushed Wisconsin's heart in that 2015 national championship game. And he did what he does. There's like 10 minutes left. They're losing by nine. So he whines to the referees and then gets every call the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm not over it. So was <laughs> I happy to see North Carolina win the other night? Absolutely. I was, and I'm not afraid to say it. That, uh, everyone hates a winner. Right. And yeah, Coach K, yeah, 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 he's yeah. a winner, man. That's Just part. like, you know, we were talking about Adam before you came back. I was like, what if Tom Brady wins his third Super Bowl? with his third coach, right? Because now yeah. Bowles is the head coach. Yep. Like, enough's enough, bro. Just like, Tom, stop. Tom, enough is enough. Everybody else <laughs> likes to win, too. Yeah. I mean, he got his eighth Super Bowl, three coaches. So, basically, what he's saying to everybody is, this is me. Right? Oh, so, yeah. uh, everyone hates a winner. But uh, tonight, I'm, I'm hoping that North Carolina Center is healthy because he is a rebound machine. I think he had 20-something rebounds the other he night. He did, yeah. So, it'll, it'll be fun to watch. All right, well, it is a big day for the Bears, too, because they are at Hallis Hall. This is the start of the offseason program. Players can be back in the building. Players who have been rehabbing from injuries are allowed to use the facility, so they've they've been in and out. Various players have already met Matt Eberflus and some of the coaching staff. But this is the official start where it's not mandatory, but it's kind of mandatory mm-hmm. that, you, that you be there, uh, the voluntary offseason program. Olin, as a player, how did you treat that when well, it, when it was like, yeah, you don't have to be there. You're yeah, not going to get fined if you don't show yeah. up. But if you're not there, people know. Notice. Yeah, I know it's a good question. And it just depends on where you are in your career and how comfortable are you with the coaches. But um, when it's a brand-new coach, you're going to be there mm-hmm. on the first day, unless you have a contract problem and you're trying to make a point. But um, we like to say in the NFL, you better be that good. So if you're not going to show up to voluntary workouts, you better be that guy. Because if you're not, then they, they will hold that against you. And look, I don't know what the rules are nowadays, but I think they can only be in there from like 9 to noon. Yeah. This is not a full day of work, right? They're going to go in there. Look, you go in, you get free breakfast, you get to work out, and you get to shake hands, and then you go home. And then you can act like, man, I had to go to work today, right? So uh, <laughs> this is not a hard day for these guys. It's, the, the problem is, honestly, is nowadays for these players, they sometimes get better training away from the building. 
Mm. Yeah. Right. So there are a lot of experts now, a lot of guys who um, very specific. They train. We just heard about on the score on the uh, Parkinson Spiegel show. They had uh, Justin Fields quarterback coach. Yep. Right. There's um, Duke Mannyweather uh, is an offensive line guy in Frisco, Texas. Right. The, um, uh, LaCharles Bentley has O-line performance in Arizona. There's a lot of guys who are experts at training certain positions. Right. I think Clark. Um, the safe form of a cornerback for the Steelers, he has a cornerback place yep. that people go to. So that's why sometimes you don't see these guys, but actually you may hear they're not there and you don't think they're working hard, but actually they're getting better work away from the building. But that's to say, like, you know, when you have a new scheme and new coaching staff, you should be there in the building talking to these guys, getting to know them, getting to know your scheme and your staff. Yeah, because a lot of this is just so the fans are aware, the what they're limited to do physically – especially the first two weeks is limited to strength and conditioning and physical rehabilitation only. Mm. Um, but there's also... I think the first three weeks, you can't even put a bag in front of somebody, right? Right, yeah. So you can't get out on the field. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's really what it is. It's it's more so... Like, this is a big couple of weeks for the strength and conditioning coaches. And like yes. Jim Jimmy Arthur, Arthur yeah. Yeah, taking Salazar, over. right? What the guy's name is... Um, Brett Salazar? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah, and then setting the expectations there on that side... Uh, of things and then you can start working on the scheme and some meetings too and start laying the groundwork on that Matt Eberflus addressing the team I assume that has already happened at this point this morning for the first time kind of that big team meeting they all get mm-hmm. there in the auditorium um, for that and so you just kind of a lot of that's just setting the tone right starting to put in this hits principle and and communicating what it's going to be so that in a few weeks when they are able to get on the field Everybody better be in shape. They better be ready to go if that's how they're going to be practicing on a daily basis. Adam, there's a question in the chat. Can they get their playbook during, like, this sequence of time here? Is that something? Yeah. I mean, my understanding is, yeah, you can start doing, like, okay. meetings. And, and I, I actually assume that they've already had their playbook for a while. So they already. You know, I, I would have to ask the current players because of the new CBA. I don't know what all mm-hmm. the rules are and, and stuff, but um, – most of these NFL guys, I don't want to say too much is made out of playbook, but playbooks are basically concepts, right? Like there's inside zone, there's the genie. I call the it genie, the genie, yeah. the outside zone. Now everybody, they can, if you can produce outside zone, you can have a job in the NFL, right? So if you can rub the genie, in the, uh, but there's that which gets he's going to try to install. But um, most of these guys, they'll get their playbook, but it's, it's like working with the receivers working with the tight ends, mm-hmm. working the old linemen working together, whoever their starting five is. Nobody knows who their starting five is. Do they even have a starting five? Uh, no one knows yet. So that's the interesting stuff when you get there. You know, Owen, you mentioned, like, if you're not showing up to these things, you better be that guy. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it for the Bears' perspective. How many of those players even fit that category? The guy, like, I Roquan. think maybe Roquan. Yeah. And then the list kind of. Quinn. And then Robert Quinn. But remember last Jaylon year, Johnson. a lot of those defensive guys didn't show up. That's right. true. Yeah, that's right. There was, I mean, there were some other things going on there. Uh, what were they debating over COVID rules? And they were trying to kind of use that to, because these teams had emphasized, like if all 32 teams at the same time, like create this expectation that even the voluntary portion is actually mandatory, even mm-hmm. though it's not, even though we can't find you, then it pretty much forces everyone to show up. And I think the Players Association last year tried to start to come together and be like, well, if we do this as a unit back, like if everybody does it, they can't do anything. 
And for the Bears, it kind of worked halfway. I, <laughs> I, I think the offensive guys showed up, and then the defensive guys, to your point, Olin, way more established, know their roles. They didn't show up. But meanwhile, they did have a new coordinator last year. True, and man. so I do wonder, when you see, like, in the opening game against the Rams, coverage breakdowns, mm. Does it start missed assignments, not touching players down, that's – I always wondered if that actually had an effect on the season. Well, and we have a question here in the YouTube chat for you. Are there certain benchmarks that strength and conditioning coaches set for the players in in this offseason training camp? You know, camp? every strength coach is different. There will be, uh, especially with this group, just because I played under Lovey and Rusty Jones, who – Rusty Jones was our strength coach uh, from 2005 to – until Lovey got fired. Um there will be body fat percentages that they will be held to. So they'll, they'll be giving those numbers. But as far as, like, say we, we want this on a squat, we want this on a bench, um, I don't know any team who does that, but uh, it's, they should do it. You know, there mm-hmm. should be a benchmark that they should try to hit just to know where they're at. I think most players in their head have their own. Uh, like, I knew what weight I wanted to bench or squat before the season started, so I felt comfortable uh, going into the season. I felt healthy and strong. But uh, mostly they'll, they'll weigh in every, like, you know, every week. They'll weigh in once a week, and then they'll check their body fat, however they do it. We did bod pod and stuff like that. But um, there is a lot of benchmarks, but most of the benchmarks is lean mass and body fat for this group. Makes sense. All right, well, we're going to have uh, Brandon Thorne on here in a few minutes, and – for those, I feel like a lot of people who are watching the show probably already know who Brandon Thorne is. Huge on Twitter, kind of the football community and social media. He's excellent with O-line breakdowns, pass rush. If it, Basically, if it happens in the trenches, he knows about it. He knows about it. He studied it. So we're going to ask him a lot of questions about where the Bears are in both of those areas of the roster right now. Um, but first, do need to tell you that the best way to support CHGO right now in our one-month anniversary is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it, because if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. This is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, the live college basketball same game parlay. I guess this is your last chance to use that tonight for the first <laughs> time ever. You can build the perfect live same game parlay only with points bet. C- combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. If you want more, you can also boost your live same game parlays. And I know they have these with the NF- NBA as well. And right now, you can online sign up is available in Illinois. Download the points bet app right now. Register your account from start to finish all from your phone. During points bet match madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets each round. Just place a $50 pregame wager. You'll get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? 
Members will have access to our premium content from all of our great writers. You'll also get a free t-shirt of your choice when you become a member. And I'm actually getting my CHGO shirts today, you guys. So the drip mm. is finally coming. It should be uh, delivered when I get home later today. So definitely check that Am out. Are you getting mine? I think so. Okay. Maybe. Olin, I actually, that's why house? I asked you what t-shirt size you were. Put you in there. So I got oh, you I a shirt in there. That, yeah, man. no Thank problem. You. Got you. I could use a shirt. What about Adam? Oh, Adam, I think Adam, you already put your shirt size in there. Yeah, I we, did. All, we all we had a Google Doc. Did and, you get you know, me a schmedium? Did you want a schmedium? <laughs> I would have gotten you a schmedium if you would have asked for a schmedium. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I asked for, but uh, uh, we'll go back and do the schmedium. Yes, of course. And you get access to the members only Discord, the CHGO Lounge, and of course, we have podcasts like this one, live shows every team every day. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. By the way, if you missed anything from our coverage from the NFL annual meeting last week, I do have a 10 Bears Things column up at allchgo.com so members can get access to that. And of course, if you missed any of the podcasts last week, uh, Will and Nick, you guys did a great job holding things down here. Owen and too. Mason. And Mason. Mason did a good job. Okay. I enjoyed it. I, I, I never heard from Mason before. <laughs> I thought he did a good job. It was I, so I, funny, I liked his, um, his uh trainer point of view mm-hmm. right he does uh, rehab yeah. work i didn't i didn't know that but um i thought he did a good job i'm yeah. still gonna tell him listen to this portion here because he was worried all <laughs> on thursday night going to friday is only gonna approve of me like i need to get this approval <laughs> oh, somehow he doesn't so. need my approval i'm pretty sure that but i did i did enjoy his point of view i thought I, and, and you could tell he puts in the work he studied sure. bears and and knew knew what he was talking about uh, before brandon comes on adam i was wondering a few things we talked about i didn't get to hear your your opinion on it but um, what you thought about when Flew said, Coach Flew said, I know you, you, guys did, you guys did the interview. That was a really good interview. Thank you. Um, Coach Flew's talked about he thought they had enough dynamic weapons. Yeah. You know, I was wondering what you thought when he said that. And then, you know, and then Ryan Pose talked about he thought they felt like they made a strong offer to Ryan Bates. Those are the two things I kind of heard that I had opinions about, but I was interested to hear what your opinion was. Yeah, so on the first one, yeah, because I, I asked, Coach Flew's kind of straight up. I'm like, you think Justin has enough weapons? Now, that's a tough position to, to be in because yeah. if he says no, then that's the headline. Yeah. You know, now he's, he's like calling out the GM. I need more. I need more. Remember um, Tom Thibodeau used to always say, we got more than enough to win, even though like half the players <laughs> weren't on the court. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's a tough position for the coaches to be in. But then, you know, I – I, my big takeaway from that, Olin, I think in that answer was just that they they really do think that Byron Pringle sort of has like untapped potential, or maybe just being put in a situation where he's going to have more opportunity than he probably did in Kansas City. Uh, my only question with that then is like, if you have that much belief in the guy, and I understand market terms always dictate contracts, but then why'd you only sign him to a one year deal? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean. So it is still kind of a one year prove it, but. Those things happen. I mean, uh, Akeem Hicks was an example of a player like that who, like, changes scenery, better scheme, untapped potential. They, I think that was originally a two-year deal. Worked out. They signed him to a massive extension. Like, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Byron Pringle. I'm just saying that when you're early in these early stages as a general manager and you're trying to find bargains that you can go out and get, that does seem to be a piece that they really feel like will help Justin. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I mean, if – you compare it to Akeem Hicks, man. If Brian Pringle can be like Akeem Hicks at his position, mm-hmm. yeah. it's what the Bears need. The Bears need to hit somebody on a shortstop route, have him break the nickel cornerback's tackle, break the safety's tackle, 
and get us 15 to 25 yards. So not everything is so hard for the offense in Justin Fields because last year when you watched the offense, it was just like everything was a struggle, right? Like yeah. nothing was – let's you know, think about what was it, 30 and 19, and we'll get Brandon on here Guys, soon. we have a guest. Uh, uh, what's up, Brandon, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? There he is, Brandon Thorne, O-line scout for Bleacher Report and author of the Trench Warfare newsletter. Does a lot of great breakdowns on YouTube. Uh, thanks for joining us today, man. We're just kind of talking about where the Bears are uh, offensively, and a lot of that is – we were talking about the wide receivers, but much of our discussion over the last couple of weeks has been about the offensive line and maybe some of the lack of movement that they've done – uh, but they do bring in Lucas Patrick. They try to bring in Ryan Bates. Bills end up matching that offer. What, when you see this offensive line right now, what do you see? Um, I mean, I see an offensive line in, in flux. You know, I mean, they're trying to find their identity based on the new scheme that they're going to implement, which sounds um, like more of a zone-based run scheme. Like, you know, I think uh, Ryan Poles mentioned they want to get lighter, more athletic, stuff like that. So, they have a you know the piece with Lucas Patrick who gives them some versatility on the interior, which is nice. Um, having that flexibility for the offensive line room is helpful. Uh, Cody Whitehair is certainly a, a good fit in his own scheme. That's what he's excelled in the most, I think, and going back to his days at Kansas State. Um, so those two pieces, I would say, are kind of the uh, foundation right now. And then the rest of the guys – they're just going to see where they fit in, you know, through camp and then what they do in the draft. I would imagine they're going to invest pretty heavily in the draft on the offensive line. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty um, – they need a lot of work still. So we'll see what they do in the draft. I think that's going to be huge. Brandon, for you mentioned the draft. Are there guys in that second to third round range that fit what the Bears want to do schematically? Like, hey, the Bears can use XYZ player. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, second, third round, there's there's going to be a lot of interesting names out there. Um, I think if you're talking about the interior, there's probably more um, intriguing names, names to me. Uh, a couple guys who are more zone, you know, fits, I would say, are uh, like a guy like Dylan Parham from Memphis. He played guard at Memphis, um, but he'll probably play center in the pros. He went to the Senior Bowl and played center there for the first time and he looked pretty natural doing it. Uh, so he, I think he's a little undersized, but he's definitely athletic. Um, and he actually plays with a little bit more power than you would expect for somebody um, playing right around 300 pounds. But he's an interesting name um, to keep in mind. Uh, there's another guy from Kentucky um, named Luke Fortner, who's uh, also a guard center, um, played center last year at Kentucky. Um, and he's, he's really uh, skilled in the zone run game, wide, tight zone that they ran at Kentucky. Does a really nice job in the run game. Um, that's another guy. Uh, Cole Strange um, is another one. Uh, lower level school guy, but very athletic. Um, kind of nasty as well. Um, little undersized, which is kind of a common theme with these guys, but certainly a guy who will be there, you know, in round two or three. Uh, those are a couple. Uh, another one of my favorites who's, you know, for me, like a late round three grade, round four, but might go higher is Cam Jurgens from Nebraska, um, who's more of a center only guy because of his size. Uh, but man, he's really athletic and he plays with an edge. He's a tone setter. Um, he's a guy who may not quite be ready to play right away, but 
once he can, I think, get a little bit stronger, a little bit more consistent with his technique, he could be a high-end starter one day. I think he has that potential. So if you can get a, a guy like that in the third, fourth round, that'd be incredible. Um, so those are some interior guys to me that stand out. Um, Tackle-wise, you know, I think there's a drop-off after the first round and maybe like high second round, assuming a guy like Bernard Raymond is gone. Um, after that, you're talking about guys like Tyler Smith, from Tulsa, uh, Rashid Walker from Penn State, um, Nicholas petit Friere from Ohio State. Um, those are probably my highest-ranked tackles. You could even throw in a guy like Max Mitchell from uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Mm. So, like, those are probably my top guys. But um, I don't – you know, it just depends. I don't know how much of an upgrade that will be over a guy like Tevin Jenkins. Uh, so I, I see them being able to get better – on the interior more so than at tackle depending on who's there and where they invest at the position, of course. But yeah, I like the interior group on day two, three, a little bit more. Now, Brandon, I know you didn't mean it this way, but there's nothing wrong with center only guys. Right. So <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just wondering about the guys that have, we have a little size problem. I know you didn't mean it that that Jurgens guy, there's something wrong with him, but I've been watching mm -hmm. that film study you're doing on that transform for warfare film study. And I, found Trevor Penning interesting, and I know we'll probably get to Zion Johnson, who is an absolute Amazing. monster. But uh, Penning, I didn't know, first of all, him playing next to his brother is pretty damn cool uh, that his brother right. was a left guard, which I didn't know. You know, it was funny, Brandon, when he was doing that podcast with you, he was saying, my brother. And I just thought he was calling the guy that. Mm. And then you were right. like, that's his, that's his actual brother. So that, that was a pretty cool story. But uh, I think he's an interesting guy. I think when guys watch film on him, Brandon, I think he might sneak into the second round, um, even with all his, you know, what he, the, the physical characteristics. When you watch his pass pro, uh, sometimes you could worry about that a little bit. But talk to us a little bit about doing a film study with him and, if, and what do you think about him as an overall prospect? Yeah, so Trevor Penning is a guy who, um, you know, first I think the thing that stands out about him is he's, almost six seven three thirty mm -hmm. uh, and he has kind of ideal arm length as well so if you're drawing up a guy physically in terms of height weight length he's kind of the prototype that you're looking for and uh, he tested very well at the combine and you could see some of that on the film I thought maybe he tested a little bit better than he is then in terms of his play speed on the field I saw more above average on tape as opposed to you know he tested more closer to like an elite athlete at tackle but that certainly doesn't hurt him. Um, so there might be a little bit more athletic upside there as well on top of being just such a big dude. So when you combine just those two things and then you see some of the flashes of power that he has, and then definitely in terms of competitive toughness, he's as good as it gets in this class. Um, he's going to bring it every, every snap and kind of be like one of those tone setter guys that can change sort of the feel of an offensive line room with the way he plays. So like he's very, you know, he's a very high quality prospect. I have him graded, you know, kind of as a fringe first round pick, you know, like you mentioned, like maybe early second, late first, but everything I've heard, he's going to go very high in the first round. Um, he may even go top 10, uh, but, and I think part of that is, you know, the things we're mentioning, but also when you talk to him, when you watch the film room I did with him, you get a little, you know, idea of it. He's very smart. He knows um, the responsibilities of not only himself, but the entire offensive line and maybe even the offense. So he's very dialed in. 
um, and he understands football at a very high level. So he brings that football intelligence. He's very serious, hard worker, high football character. So like he checks all those kind of intangible boxes as well. So, I mean, you, you know, the more I learn about him, the more I like him, to be honest. But uh, in terms of the negatives, you kind of touched on it, the pass pro. Um, some of his technique needs refinement still. He plays a little high, you know, lets guys get underneath him and inside of him too often. He doesn't anchor as well as you would think for somebody being as big and as strong as he is, which largely is a technique and leverage thing. Um, and his hands need some work as well. He could be kind of off, you know, off placement and off timed with his strikes and let guys beat him too quickly. That is my biggest worry with him. And that's why I have him kind of like late first, early second, mm -hmm. because I think there's going to be kind of a, kind of a, you know, a rocky road initially, you know, as a, as a pro in pass protection, especially on like true drop back passes on high leverage money, money downs, you know, third down. If he gets caught on the island, I mean, I, I would expect a high variance kind of guy, you know, like, you know, maybe some struggles there early. So that's why I have him a little lower. But, you know, technically those things are correctable in theory. Uh, doesn't always mean they will get corrected. But, you know, he's certainly a guy you want in your offensive line room for all the reasons we talked about. And I think he's going to go higher than people expect. So. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun talking to him, though. He's he's his football smarts really carried a lot of weight with me because, you know, just remembering the play calls, remembering the responsibilities of every single guy on every single play. Um, I mean, it was it was impressive. He, he definitely, you know, knows football, I think, at a high level. Well, speaking of uh, getting smart, I mean, that's what we're doing here listening to you, Brandon. People should be following you on Twitter at Brandon Thorne NFL for great breakdowns so much insight on so many different players when it comes to line play. I want to ask you, because one thing we learned last week with Ryan Poles talking to the media for the first time since he's tried to made some of the, make some of these moves on the offensive line is, all right, it sounds like Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, like that's the plan at tackle, and they're just going to let these guys sort of battle it out in camp, in the offseason program to try to even figure out which side each is better on. The NFL tape's limited on both guys, but... You know, going back to maybe some of your college studies, what you see, what you saw from them in limited time last year, what do you think about that plan? Is it good enough? And which side are they ideally suited on, or do we just not know yet? Yeah, so, I mean, I watched both those guys in college. I, you know, we'll start with Tevin Jenkins. I was actually higher on him than most people than where he got drafted. Um, you know, it turns out he had that back issue, you know, that was kind of unforeseen, um, at least, you know, on the for me on the outside looking in uh you know i didn't really know about that so that kind of threw a wrench obviously in, in things his rookie year and then coming back off that and only playing a few games i think it's kind of tough to place like a firm judgment on his rookie season based on that um to me he looked a little sluggish coming back he didn't quite look you know like he had the same level level of movement skills that i saw in college not that they were elite or anything but i thought they were better than what we saw last year um, and then he also was moving positions as well. He played a little left in college, but he was predominantly a right tackle. So, you know, for those reasons, I think, you know, it's probably smart to reserve judgment on, on him so far for the most part. But yeah, what we did see on film was, was kind of rough. Like I said, he looked sluggish. He, he wasn't getting out of his stance very well. Uh, he was getting beat to the spot and pass protection, you know, fairly often. Um, so it, it wasn't a great season for him, injury plague, that, things like that. But in terms of what I saw in college, 
the main thing with him was play strength and power. Um, you know, he he really got after guys in the run game. And, you know, in terms he, – he anchored very well in pass protection as well. He just played with really good upper body strength. He had the leg drive and that square power that you want um, in like an inside zone gap and power downhill run scheme. So that's not really – I didn't see him as a great fit in a heavy outside zone scheme, which sounds like, you know, the Bears are going to be running. So that's going to be an interesting transition – I don't know if uh, that may mean he's more suited to play guard potentially, uh, but I, I do see him more as a right tackle, you know, generally, because that's what I evaluated him as at Oklahoma State. Uh, so that would be my first, you know, position for him. And then uh, considering the scheme kind of fit or lack thereof with the outside zones stuff, maybe guard, but, you know, it's just not, it's not a great scheme fit, honestly, for Tevin Jenkins to me. Um, because, you know, when I evaluated him, I saw him more in that downhill run scheme, you know, fitting in a place like Baltimore, you know, somewhere like that. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. And then uh, Larry Borum, um, you know, to me, I had him graded as like a, I think I had him with a fifth round grade coming out of Missouri. I saw him more as a guard. I thought he played out of position last year. I had a six round grade on him, sorry. Um, but yeah, I saw him playing out of position last year. He has a lot more film to watch as a rookie, obviously, than Jenkins. And, uh, I mean, you know, I think he had a respectable rookie season considering he was a late-round pick and he played quite a bit. Um, but I think ultimately he's probably ideally a swing, high-level swing backup um, who can compete on the interior, maybe play tackle in a pinch, you know, be one of those valuable seventh, eighth offensive linemen on game day who could fill multiple roles for you. Um, but you know, he's, he's a guy who's obviously his build stands out. He's very, uh, stout, I would say. Um, you know, I think he has lighter feet than you would think for a guy built like he, he is, and he, he does well against the bull rush, but man, at tackle, I just see him playing out of position because I think he lacks the range to really get out to a landmark in a spot and he gets opened up too quickly and can kind of get beat inside and, He's just not great on an island. Uh, so I think if you bump him inside, you'll his career will be maximized. Um, so that's kind of how I saw him coming out of Missouri. And based on what I saw last year as a rookie, I still feel like, um, you know, I, I feel like I got that evaluation for the most part, you know, right. Um, the Jenkins one, we'll see. Uh, I'm definitely rooting for him. But the, the scheme fit to me is probably my biggest question with Jenkins. We know for sure as a tackle was Jason Pierce, who, you know, came in and played pretty well for the Bears last season. What was your evaluation of him? And is it worth even, you know, bringing a guy like that back with such young tackles that the Bears kind of have right now? Uh, I mean, it potentially it, it is worth it, you know, on another one year kind of deal uh, from what I've heard and everything. You know, Jason Peters wants to keep playing football. Um, I, I think based on last year's film, watching every snap, uh, you know, and kind of comparing him to the other left tackles in the league, you know, he was kind of a middle of the pack left tackle last year. And at 39 years old, you know, getting signed late uh, in August, like he did, I thought that was pretty impressive. It, it's just another kind of, you know, it's kind of like another, you know, loop in his belt, I guess you would say in terms of his career. I mean, he's a hall of famer. Uh, you know, he's one of the freakiest athletes we've ever seen play the tackle position you know it's 6'4 330 340 
uh, the way he moves, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he, you know, obviously at 39, he has a lot of wear and tear on his body as well. He's suffered, he's, he's gone through a lot of lower half injuries over his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, that's, that kind of shows up on film, the more you watch him, but at the same time, man, he's so good with his technique that he's able to compete against guys like Chandler Jones. Like last year, when you watch that film, He's one-on-one against Chandler Jones quite a bit, and he held up more than uh, I'd say at least half the tackles in the league would in those situations. So, I mean, having a guy like that who could be such a great presence for a young offensive line room, all the things that he brings off the field is just – it's hard to measure those things. Um, But I think that's definitely real and it's tangible, you know, for those guys. So um, that part of it I think is valuable not to mention getting like a middle of the pack guy, you know, in terms of on the field. Uh, so to me, it would be worth it um, to bring him back on a one-year kind of deal. He's played in zone schemes. He's played in every scheme basically. So there's nothing that he can't do in terms of schematically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's kind of, you know, a good stopgap kind of guy to have, you know, worst case, but ideally you get, you know, a young tackle. I just, if you don't get one in the first round this year, like most years, it's tough to find a tackle outside of the first round in the draft. You just kind of have to, you know, maybe get lucky or, uh, you know, occasionally you'll get a guy like Teron Armstead in the third round. You know, he's coming from a small school, that kind of thing. That's a name to throw out there, but those guys don't come around very often. So uh, it's going to be tough to upgrade tackle in the draft if you do it outside the first round. Yeah, let's be honest, too. I think Jason Peters is pretty much Megatron. I mean, (laughs) the guy's unbelievable. Uh, Real quick, Brandon, um, I know the Chiefs got Trey Smith in a sixth round last year because of his medical issues. Uh, mm-hmm. Can the Bears, is there anybody that you like, kind of a diamond in the rough in this draft, fifth, sixth round area, a guy that you would like that could come in? I, I think they're going to play, uh, you probably haven't heard this, but they're, they're going to play Lucas Patrick at center. So you got Cody Whiter. They, they're probably looking for a guard uh, there, kind of a bigger guy, longer guy. I'm sure Pose likes those kind of guys like Trey is 6'6". Uh, is there anybody you like? Uh, that you, you've looked through at the combine, at the draft, or through your scouting that you found that you like kind of a diamond or rough in that area? Mm. Um, you know, a guy that I would say initially when I first watched him was Tyler Smith from Tulsa, but I've seen him get mocked like late first round at this point, which to me is kind of crazy. I see a guy who needs some time. He actually kind of reminded me a little bit of Trey Smith in terms of how he's built and some of the power that he has. It's very enticing i mean he has legit power he's athletic he's big he's nasty but man his technique needs a lot of work um so i have him graded in the third round Uh, i had trey smith graded in the third round as well um and you know but so i I don't know if i could really say him i do want to mention his name though because he is kind of in that mold of a trey smith but if he's going to go late first early second that kind of takes away from your question there but i see him as more of like a round three round four guy um so that one's interesting well it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes closer to my evaluation or you know where i've seen him mocked by like bigger evaluators like you know daniel daniel jeremiah guys like that uh, so that one's interesting, but some of my personal favorites, like definite later round guys. Um, I mean, the Cam Jurgens guy for sure is one of them, you know, for me, uh, he's one of my favorite, like day, early day three, late day two guys, um, maybe like a bigger kind of interior guy that could, you know, be pretty good. I think as a Cade Mays 
is kind of an interesting guy from Tennessee. Um, he's a guy who's played, I want to say four of the five positions, um, in college, maybe five of five. Uh, most of his time has been spent at uh, right tackle. Um, but he's also played center. He, he uh, was from Tennessee, went to Georgia originally transferred. Um, so he's played multiple positions. He's really good, man. Once he gets his hands on you, he's really good about manipulating leverage and staying attached to blocks. And he creates a lot of torque in the run game. Um, so he's a guy who has some positional versatility who could be, I think, a, you know, a pretty solid run blocker um, right away. He's very long, uh, powerful, you know, things like that. So that's a guy who's probably going to go day three, who I kind of like. Um, and then if I, you know, maybe one more, um, I like a guy, I mean, I like Spencer Burford from UTSA who, you know, might have to play inside, you know, he's a six, four, you know, like 300 pounds, but he has very long arms, like kind of a normally long for his height. Uh, he was at the senior bowl as well. Got to talk to him, got to watch him there against that bump up in competition. I feel like he does some really nice stuff in pass protection using his length, um, especially with his outside hand. Uh, he does, you know, in terms of his placement and not getting beat around the corner, uh, you know, for, for a guy who is coming from a smaller school to have that kind of technical refinement, that to me is really appealing. Plus he has some of those physical traits you want. I like him at tackle, but he could be, uh, a, you know, a candidate to move inside as well. Uh, so those are a couple guys to me, you know, that are definite like day three picks who I like probably more than most. All right, Brandon. Thanks so much, man. That's a lot of good insight. A lot of, I feel like I just like crammed before a big exam, like learning all the stuff we know about who to study now. linemen mm -hmm. that I uh, have been putting off for way too long. So thanks so much, Brandon. Uh, make sure if you're watching, listening, you're following him on Twitter at Brandon Thorne NFL for all the great insight leading up to the NFL draft and really through the entire football season. Thanks so much, man. All right. My See pleasure. Brandon. Thanks, thanks Brandon, man. Yeah. So some thanks. really good insight there from Brandon Thorne. Yeah, for sure. Before we break that down, I have to tell you about PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register from your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So a couple takeaways from that conversation there. I mean, one is not getting Ryan Bates. And even if you did get Ryan Bates, I mean, they would have probably penciled him in as a starter, but even then he would have been an unproven starter, quite frankly. But you have Dakota Dozier in there right now as your, as your guard. I mean, the Bears are short in offensive linemen. They're probably short a couple offensive linemen. I don't know how you could look at the five they have right now and say it's even equal to what they had last year when it was already a problem. Mm -hmm. So they're banking on young guys taking a huge step forward. Tevin Jenkins being healthy, Larry Borum being more than what Brandon Thorne obviously thinks he can be as a tackle. Um, or And what I just want to continue to stress, though, there's a couple things. One is, we talked about it earlier, these guys are now in the building. So for the first time, 
the coaching staff can really get their eyes on them in person. There's going to be a mini camp here in a couple weeks, which happens before the draft, so they'll actually be able to get on the grass a little bit, see what they have, and they might go, okay, we might want to move up this need a little bit because we just don't have a guard. The, the tricky thing about that, Olin, is, and you know this, there's only so much you can really learn from these guys in non-padded workouts in April, mm-hmm. you know, compared to really getting out there in training camp when they can hit each other a little bit. So I just think that at some point they're far from being done, whether it's adding in the draft, looking for somebody who gets cut from a different team after the draft. I always think about what the year the Bears added Josh Sitton, mm-hmm. right Literally right before yeah. week one because he got sprung. Like, there's going to be guys and, that and come available. he was available. pretty damn good that year. He was pretty he was. damn good. Yeah. Like, my point is you can get a guy. Mm-hmm. The, but Shh. if you're not willing to pay now for right. somebody. Well, when you get desperate, right? It, when you get desperate, you, you, you start to do things. And like you're saying, Adam, there's no way Ryan, Ryan Pose, these guys don't need to get to the grass for Ryan Pose and Ian Cunningham to know they have an offensive line problem. They knew they had an offensive line problem coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you worry about – there's another thing we heard from Ryan at the Combine. And like you're saying, a lot of th- these things they just say. Um, we think the scheme's going to help them. Okay, no. <laughs> you, you still have to block a guy on third and eight to ten. Uh, you're going to leave your left tackle one-on-one sometimes. Luke Getze is only used to seeing Aaron Rodgers get rid of the ball in the NFL. Right? So he's not used to the clock that Justin Fields is about to put on him. Okay. A lot of different clocks. So it's a lot mm-hmm. of different clock. But um, as you heard, whether you agree with him or not, Brandon studies a lot of film. No one studies more O-line film than him. Same thing we've heard about Tevin James for a while. We think he's more of a right tackle. The Bears had him penciled in last year as a left tackle, which fascinated all of us, right? Well, he doesn't even know if he fits this scheme. A lot of people, me included, think Bourne would be a pretty good right guard. So I'm thinking Pose may be thinking him as they have that right guard answer in the back of their pocket. In case they need it, right? In case they bring in a left tackle. I don't think Fisher signed yet. I don't think Dwayne Brown signed yet. I don't think Jason Peters is signed yet. But like you're saying, I think they're going to get to the draft, get those guys in the building, and say, okay, now what do we need to make sure our franchise quarterback is protected? Because let's be honest, a lot of times we get excited about these coaches, these offensive, these new coaches coming in the building, right? All you have to do is look at their past and say, okay, who have they developed? Mm-hmm. Right, because they've been other places. Right, they've tried to develop other players. Right, Morgan was in Atlanta for a long time. Let's take a look at any left tackle that he might have developed. Who did he actually develop when he was there? Did anybody take a step? These are things, you, and that was the same scheme with yep. the guy you would say is maybe the best in the world at coaching that scheme, Kyle Shanahan. Right, so how much is the scheme going to help these guys, these players, this quarterback? Mind you now, they have an offensive line problem, but not only that, they have a wide receiver problem. They have, they a, have a tight problems. end problem, right? <laughs> so this offense, Nicholas, look, they cannot be done reconstructing this offense right now, and we're all waiting to see. We're all waiting to see what comes next. Yeah, because if you have an O-line problem and a wide receiver problem and a tight end problem, that a might create problem. a quarterback problem. Yeah. That's the problem you don't want to have. Well, because- quarterback evaluation problem. Yeah. Yes. Can I evaluate my quarterback? Um, all right. Well, one thing we wanted to get to, and we meant to do this earlier in the show, but things get moved around, um, and that's fine, is where the Bears are at from a strength of schedule standpoint. Because this could be the, the one thing that 
despite all these problems we're talking about, hope. keeps them somewhat relevant even like into November. Uh, even, you know, none of us are expecting a great season. But Warren Sharp, who does a great job with all kinds of predictive analytics and great content, um, he came up with the, you know, his own way of looking at the schedules. And his metrics are usually really, really good. good. I mean, they had the Bears, I believe last year's one of the hardest schedules and not the hardest schedule. That turned out to be mostly true. Um, so here we are. Anyway, you see it there on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. The five easiest schedules. You got the Washington Commanders with the easiest schedule and then your Chicago Bears, number two. So a little bit of a flip here in that because you've been bad, that helps. Um, and the way the divisions line up helps. Perfect. We can get to 500 and not have a good draft pick. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the other side of it. If you want to look at it that way. Just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. You know, I was looking at the easiest schedules going from last year going to 2021 season and how that ranked out. Like the top five, just to kind of compare to 2022. Like the Eagles had the easiest schedule coming in. They finished nine and eight. The Cowboys finished had the second easiest. They finished 12 and five. Then you have the Falcons, 7-10, Buccaneers, 13-4. The Buccaneers had the fourth easiest schedule last season and see what they were able to do. And then you also have the Dolphins there. But, I mean, obviously with the Bears having – they were the th- they had the third hardest schedule in going into 2021, and they only won six games. So, can the schedule – we talked on a podcast maybe a couple weeks ago, Adam, about the quarterbacks that they're going to face. So, you have the opponents – yeah, the quarterbacks are not going to be as high caliber as it was in 2021, but we also just mentioned all the problems the Bears still have going into this season. So does it help? Yeah, but you still need to figure out things on your end for sure. Yeah, I think they went through two years now, right, where I think they went they went one in five this year and they lost six in a row in 2020. Didn't they lose six yeah, in a row six, at one yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. And then this year, when, when you went to the season this year and you're like, man, uh, they're going to go Raiders, Packers, Bucks. 49ers, Steelers, Ravens. And you're like, how many of those games are they going to win mm-hmm. in that stretch, right? Because I think going into that stretch, if I'm not mistaken, they're either 500 or still had a winning record. Yeah. Right? Yep. So it's it's those long losing streaks. that That's why you have to wait to their schedule comes out to mm-hmm. see how it's organized, mm-hmm. right? Because when you go through those long losing streaks, maybe you get a couple guys injured and out, and now you're facing these teams. I didn't think they were going to beat the Raiders. They went down there to defense, put on a pretty damn good performance, and they did beat them. So they won one game out of that six. And a year before, I think they lost to the Rams, New Orleans, Tennessee, Minnesota, Green Bay, and then that crazy game against Detroit. And yeah. where the Detroit put 34 points. We, you, no one expects that Mm-mm. against the Bears defense the last couple of years. So that's what you'll be interested to see is how it is. The schedule is arranged and where do they where is their tough run mm-hmm. for a team that has all new coaches and offense that doesn't we just talked about where they are now, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, they're not here anymore, right? And they don't get Joby, right? And they don't sign Brian Allen. And we're just all kind of waiting to see, okay, we know you changed your coaches. When do we get to see the players? Yeah. Well, and here's what, you know, as I like to do, everything comes back to the quarterback. But regardless of what this means for wins and losses, it could really help Justin Fields. Despite Mm -hmm. all those problems we just brought up, like, I keep going back to last year where he has that, like, two-game stretch that was really good, and then everything fell apart 
partly because he got hurt, partly because, you know, the coaching You see problem. what his quarterback coach said about that Cleveland game? <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Know, oh, you, know yeah. What I, you know what I thought to myself when I heard that? The sky is also blue. Right? Grass is also <laughs> <Yeah>. green. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like. But you know what? That, that Look, anybody who knows an ounce about football could watch that game in Cleveland and understand what a disaster it was. And like, what's going on? And, and, and how you could possibly just leave those tackles on an island. Uh, on islands. Clowning the entire game. Like, not only is like, wait, that was your plan going into the game, but then you don't adjust, okay. right? Okay, but so, like, what you're saying, right? Like, you're saying the strength of schedule, obviously, is for the team, right? And at home already, I see here the Washington Commanders. And you think about the offensive line we just talked about. And then we think about the Washington Commanders defensive line. Don't know. Like that's, that's a bad match. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Not, so, yes. in the Bills. Yeah. Yep. Right? The Bills, they just signed Von Miller. And, they, and when they come at you with that defense, right? So, um, 49ers have a pretty good pass rush. Obviously, the Vikings, right? Packers. So, anyway, yeah. you know, the Jets have some good – it's just teams can be bad and still give you a bad matchup on defense. Yep. Right? And now you got Luke Getze going up against these coaches. And then we start to talk about last year when you went to a lot of those games. I don't know you guys felt, but I ended up – when I would study the game, I ended up looking at the coaching matchup. Hmm. Right? And I thought – Every game, you'd be like, well, our players are not bad, but, gosh, our coaches are going to get out-coached bad here. So it's going to be interesting to see what if these coaches actually give us an advantage. Where you go into the game, you think, man, right? Like, um, nice, I, I don't right? know about you guys, but going into the game, <laughs> I thought going into the year, I had a lot of questions about Sean Desai, right? Like, everybody said he was a, he was a really smart guy, and, and they bought into his scheme. And I think it was – Early in the year, Kyle Shanahan really outcoached him, I thought, in the second half. Mm. They started running that crack at Robert Quinn, and the Bears made no adjustment. By crack, I mean almost like old-school Pop Warner toss crack is what they were running. They're running their fullback in motion, and they're doubling Quinn. And I kept waiting for them to change the defense up, you know, slide them inside, move somebody outside, try to, try to interrupt their blocking scheme or confuse them. Anyway, I thought Sean, as the year went on, got really good. I thought he got a lot better, actually. Yeah. And I thought him, him matching wits with people and watching his film and watching him change things. All, all I'm saying in short, and I guess in long, because that was really long, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting to see that out of Luke Getze. Like, like um, I remember when I was in New Orleans, Sean Payton came up to me and he said, Olin, Bill Parcells has a message for you. He doesn't got to see it every day, but he's got to see it. Basically telling me, you're old. We don't expect you to be good every day, <laughs> but I got to see you play good sometimes. I got to see it first from Luke Getze. Mm. I got to see him get out coached bad and then come back to adjust. Yeah. To adjust. You know what I mean? So it's going to be that's going to be as far as the quarterback goes, as far as the players they got now, as far as they're going to insert rookies here, the free agents that are left. If this quarterback's going to develop, it's going to be the coaching staff that helps him. Yeah, I and and that is all kind of a guess right now. Yeah, yes. you just don't it, know. It, especially on that offensive side, we just don't know. I know I'm looking forward to in a couple of weeks getting some eyes on the mini camp. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, there's only so much you could see at those things, but you still get a chance to see the players. Tell me if you see Lucas Patrick's leadership immediately. Yeah, <laughs> we'll let you. We'll let yeah. you know, Olin. <laughs> we'll see. It's one thing I wanted to say about before we go. <laughs> I'm jam. on a roll now. You, you got to get on a golf course with that guy, first of all, is what it sounds Lucas like. Lucas Patrick's golfer? Yes, well, big golfer. Know, he's a Duke guy. Him and Patrick Manley, right? They're Duke. They probably already played like yeah, multiple oh, rounds no already. Yeah, they, yeah, they've talked for sure. Um, I, even though they're probably in mourning over Coach K. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, we were talking about Trevor Penning, and Brandon Thorne was talking about his toughness. 
it's always interesting to me. You have to wait because being tough in the NFL and being tough in college, especially at Northern Iowa, mm-hmm. being a tough guy when you walk on an NFL field and being a tough guy every day now, it takes a lot of energy. And you have to literally, all I'm saying is, a lot of guys who think they're tough guys get uncovered when they walk into an NFL locker room and you got to compete against NFL guys every single day. Because I'm going to tell you what, no matter who you are in the NFL, you get your ass kicked bad. See how Lucas Patrick does. Well, Lucas basically. Patrick's played already, but he's I'm played, talking about oh, these guys coming out. Like Adam as, Shaheen. Yeah, he yeah. was a tough out of <laughs> <Yeah>. Ashland. <laughs> we had to throw Adam Shaheen in here. <laughs> Is he still with the Dolphins? I think so. Jiu-Jitsu guy. Right? Didn't he do jiu-jitsu one In Chipotle. Chipotle. Chipotle, Chipotle and jiu-jitsu. I was sitting in my gym, and I forget who was with combo. me. But someone told me, Olin, um, Adam, she- and I do I do jiu-jitsu at Newbury Training Center in Niles. Let me give me a shout-out. Sensei Mark Vives, excellent, excellent MMA new, uh, jiu-jitsu school. Anyway, when I heard he said, I just did jiu-jitsu, I said, well, he's not going to make the team this year. <laughs> but you got to lift weights, man. You gotta, uh, like, there's okay, other okay. things yeah. to this. Like, you can't just do – jiu-jitsu doesn't get – like – it's like saying, okay, I'm going to take a black belt in jiu-jitsu and get them ready for a jiu-jitsu tournament, so we're just going to play football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you would say, you're crazy. Yeah. Well, then why would you do that as a football player? Right? Like, well, I just did MMA. Well, He's going to do jiu-jitsu on Von Miller on the edge. Yeah, you yeah. still got to run routes. <laughs> you got to drive your <laughs> feet. <laughs> right? It's a lot. He said, listen now. Lift your I don't foot know off if that's, the ground. I don't know if that's jiu-jitsu either. <laughs> I, don't. <laughs> I don't know where this is going anymore. But now it's like it's almost time. <laughs> we got to get that on a gift. <laughs> Adam's jiu-jitsu. I, don't, I was just talking about, yeah. I don't know what. That, new breed. I, this I was doing breed. Niles. I was Adam, doing, get your jiu-jitsu to new breed. You need help. That was Adam Shaheen's jiu-jitsu. Oh, mine. I got you. Adam yeah. Shaheen, well, he's got bad jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here before we get into more trouble, uh, uh, which we do here on the CHGL uh, Bears podcast. Thanks for watching today. A lot of good stuff. Uh, remember, you can, anytime you can find our podcast, if you miss a show live, make sure you find the podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to your podcast. Go on allchgo.com. Get those memberships. Get the swag. Get the drip, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. We got it for you there. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Talk to you then.